0: You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Okay, so I'll never ever forget meeting my wife Shelly for the first time. See, I worked at this store called Kmart back in the day and and maybe you're familiar with Kmart one of the famous things about Kmart is the blue light special and the blue light special is basically this little cart with a flashing blue light on it comes rolling out and if you happen to be in the store at the time that the blue light special goes off you are excited it's not like seeing the blue lights in your rearview mirror you don't want to see that but you do want to see if you're in Kmart the blue light flashing and to hear that announcement attention Kmart shoppers the blue light is now flashing in the toy department and then it would then you would give the 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 spiel on what was the the markdown or the discount the blue light special was like a major discount on some item um and i worked with this this uh young lady named leah and leah was very uh very attractive and and i was and i flirted with her i had a crush on her if i'm going to be honest i had a crush on leah and uh leah would would we would flirt because we worked together we were kind of partnered up all the time uh when we when we were at work but uh but she she would never go out with me because uh, one she she had a, she was in a committed relationship and turns out she actually is married today to uh, this this man named Danny and and actually now Danny's my brother-in-law because Leah is my sister-in-law I met Shelley because I worked with her sister Leah at the Kmart Blue Light Special and I'll never forget the day we were running the Blue Light Special and we were marking down Barbie dolls I think and here comes Shelley. I'd never met her, but but Leah had been saying, "Hey, you should meet my sister." We would flirt and stuff, and I would ask her out. And she's like, "No, I've, you know, I've got a boyfriend." Um, but you should meet my sister, and I was like, "Yeah, right." Um, but then I saw her, and she was beautiful. Shelley came walking up the aisle as we were sitting there marking down these Barbie dolls, and I just saw that red hair and just everything about her said, "You are so beautiful to me." And then the rest is history. (laughs) There's a lot more to the story, obviously. But we celebrate 30 years of marriage this year. And um, man, what a a great ride it's been and continues to be. So today we're in week two of our series, Sex, Love, and Devotion. And last week we talked about uh, what do we need to get to uh, building committed uh, relationships, godly relationships. How do how do we be committed to building these godly relationships? So how do we do that? We said uh, a few things. We recognize godly character. We build godly trust. We practice godly standards and grow godly encouragement. And if you missed that one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to "Sex, Love, and Devotion" Part One, um, and, and really get in depth that. And, and last week, admittedly, I as I look back, we spoke a lot to guys, and um, we tried to make it where kind of the the content fit. Uh, both men and women, male and females, guys and gals at the same time, those who are not married and those who are married. But I, as I look back, admittedly, last week we really spoke a lot to the guys. And I'm looking at this week and going, we really have a focus this week on those who aren't married yet. Um, So we're going to try to apply some of this to our marriages for those of us who are married. But really, this this content today, this sermon today, is kind of on courtship, that season that leads us up to marriage. And so it's really a lot speaking a lot to those who aren't married yet. But next week, let me give you this heads up. Next week we're gonna I I think we're gonna have a. conversation that's of interest to everybody we're going to look at what does the scripture say about great sex what does god have to say about great sex and you don't want to miss that one um so today we're going to look at this couple in the song of songs and this is our series we're in Going through the Song of Songs, the Old Testament play, the musical, not a theological discourse, not a letter to to, to, to believers. It's a play, a musical a piece of art and poetry. And we're going to dig deeper as we go through chapter 2 a little more this week. And uh, we're going to see this couple in the Song of Songs reflect on the different seasons of their relationship as God prepared them for the covenant of marriage. So Song of Songs... Chapter two. I'm going to begin in verse eight. That kind of it's kind of where we left off last week. And remember, as as a play, there are different parts here. There's the the female lead and the male lead, the young woman, the young man, and then there's there's a few other parts. Uh, uh, you know, re- repeatedly a chorus of young women who were you know like the the BFFs of the young woman. Uh, the main character so so she is speaking as we start in chapter two, verse eight she, the young woman, is the one speaking. She says, "Ah, I hear my lover coming. He is leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My lover is like a swift gazelle or a young stag look." "'There he is behind the wall, looking through the window, peering into the room. "'My lover said to me, "'Rise up, my darling, come away with me, my fair one. "'Look, the winter has passed, the rains are over and gone, the flowers are springing up, "'the season of singing birds has come, and the cooing of turtle doves fills the air. "'The fig trees are forming young fruit, and the fragrant grapevines are blossoming. "'Rise up, my darling, come away with me, my fair one.' And then the young man says, my dove is hiding behind the rocks, behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. The young women of Jerusalem, they began to, to, to share, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, but, uh, for the grapevines are blossoming. So the young woman continues, My lover is mine, and I am his. He browses among the lilies. Before the dawn breezes blow, and the night shadows flee, return to me, my love, like a gazelle or a young stag on the rugged mountains. So yeah, here we are in the Bible. This is this is scripture, you guys. Um, <laughs> and as we go through this, here's our big idea today. Courtship. This is about courtship again. And, court, and, and if you don't understand what courtship is, it's that season of well, we would say we're dating someone we're going together we 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 date someone to the point of we're pursuing a an exclusive relationship with them um, courtship is it is all for the very purpose of matrimony it leads to marriage that's the point it's not to have fun it's not to just uh, uh, uh you know you know because everybody else is doing it it's not just because you think you should it is for the purpose of dating courtship is dating with the purpose of Leading to marriage. Okay? So so courtship has uh, some seasons. Here's the big idea. Courtship prepares you for a healthy marriage. Don't skip courtship. Courtship prepares you for a healthy marriage. Don't skip courtship. Now, for those of us who are married already, don't tune out. Let's use this as an opportunity to, to uh, see how can we apply this as we continue dating or courting our spouse even after we've been married a year, five years, 30 years, or 60 years, how do we continue to date or court our spouse? So there's seasons here, and three, three specific seasons that help us grow in a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage. The first, and these are all seasons, of, these are all part of courtship. Courtship has a season of development. That's the first season, a season of development. When you think about soil, the soil has to be developed, it has to be worked, it has to be prepared uh, for for planting the seeds or planting your plants for your garden or for, for your flower beds. And I know this because I, I do this. I, I love to work in the yard, I, I have a garden, uh, I just actually, for the first time ever, have I'm trying a fall garden, so I worked for the last several days of preparing the soil so I could plant the, the seedlings that I have been raising for the last. Several weeks into this soil, and is and, and when you work the soil in the early spring or through, throughout the winter, actually, you should be preparing your soil. It's developing, and, 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 and in this season, not only is the soil important, but also is the uh, is things that are already planted. They, they this, the this is a the season of development is a season when that they're growing uh, like under underground, like the roots are growing. Okay, so what happens if a, in a garden? if you skip the step of developing the soil i can tell you from experience what happens is you get you might get some plants that shoot up but what you get is no fruitfulness you you get very little fruitfulness what happens in a relationship if you bypass the season of development well it's going to be the same so before real and lasting love can bloom god will give us a season of development a season of. Uh, preparing, preparing us for what is to come. So the female character in the song recognizes this as she reflects on the season of development that they had gone through. In verse 11, she says, the winter has passed and the rains are gone. The winter has passed. The rains are gone. Now flowers are blooming and birds are singing. So we like to, you know, when we think of our relationships that flowers are blooming and the birds are singing, oh man, that's that's springtime and we want to get to that for sure. But she... Excuse me, she identifies and recognizes, though the winter is the time that we've just gone through. Winter is the season of preparation. That's what it represents here. It's the season of preparation for the spring. and you, you don't see a lot of growth on, on if you've already got things planted during the winter, but the roots are getting deeper and stronger, and deep roots and strong roots are the key in the growth of a relationship. So, winter represents a relational time of preparation there There may not seem to be a, a much life going on, but your spiritual roots are growing deeper and stronger, and real development that will lead to eventual blooming of spring. so don't rush into spring prematurely you We want the birds singing and the flowers blooming, but don't rush into spring prematurely. Winter is very important as a season because, look at this before I met Shelley. I didn't have any of what I would call serious relationships. I mean, I dated, and I I was busy. What we called it was having fun. I was busy having fun. Um, But when I met Shelley, I wanted to be different. And I began to try and prepare myself to be the best version of myself as I could be, and the best boyfriend I could be, and eventually the best husband I could be. And the question you ask yourself is this. If I'm pouring God's truth into my life during this season, and my roots are growing deeper and stronger during this season of winter, during this season of development. Man, what is the spring going to be like? It's going to be a good spring. So... Uh, there's a pastor named Craig Rochelle where I got a lot of this, this uh, inf- information or t- content from, uh, some of the ideas that we're going through today. And um, Craig Rochelle said this, and this is, this is a pastor, but he's also a dad and a husband. He's been married, like myself, 30 plus years. He's got set, They have seven kids, so he's got a lot of experience with marriage and parenting. And he says having a great marriage isn't as much about finding the right person as it is becoming the right person. So married folks, maybe you would describe your marriage as being in a season of winter right now. You would say a time of season uh, or season of winter and you don't see a lot of growth happening. That's me. That's us. You may look at your marriage and you might say there just doesn't seem to be much life here at all. And that's winter, right? Winter is like it just doesn't seem to be any life going on. You have to understand that even in great marriages, seasons of winter are a part of continuing development for the blessings of spring. Spring comes, but it doesn't stay. Just like there are seasons of life and season uh, seasons of growing your garden, and growing your vineyard, there are seasons in your relationship. So even in marriage, you will go through times that you would say are should be times of development what happens is many people get into once you're married a season of winter and that's when they quit on their marriage instead of instead of allowing themselves to grow deeper and stronger they just say there's no growth here it's done i fell out of love um and, you may, or, and you're there. And if you feel like you're in winter right now, you may wonder, what can I do better in this season? Um, and so here's, this, if you're married, here's what you do. You speak words of encouragement and grace and peace and hope and healing to your spouse and about your spouse. Instead of tearing them down, instead of complaining, instead of, oh, woe is me, we're going through the winter, see this as a season of preparation and use your words and actions to speak encouragement, grace, peace, and hope, and healing to them and about them. So courtship has a season of development, and courtship has a season of definition. A season of definition. You know, when you go on a first date, it may be a lot like this Pepsi Max commercial i remember from the super bowl a few years back and um i found this on youtube you can go on youtube and search uh 2011 Pepsi Max and our first our first date commercial either one and you should find this on youtube and basically it's a guy and a girl and the girl is it's a first date and the girl is thinking um how much money does he make um does he want to have does he want kids and so on and the guy's his thinking is will she sleep with me will she sleep or i i want to sleep with her i want to sleep with her and um And then she lays, she sets down her Pepsi Max and he, he, then his thought process changes to, I want her Pepsi Max. I want her Pepsi Max. And her thought process as if she can hear him says, not a chance. And he says, Oh, wait to which question, you know? And so there's, when I think about first dates, it's a lot of times how it goes. There's one person thinking, you know, All these deep questions. They haven't defined their relationship at all yet, but they have all these deep questions. And the other person is just thinking, will they or won't they? Will they kiss me? Will they sleep with me? Are we going to go there on the first date? What is the problem with questions like these on the first date? I think for 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 me, I would say there's been no time spent defining who you are or what this relationship is. Um, you haven't spent time defining who what who they are and who you are in this in this context. What is this relationship really about? So you need to we need to define those before we really start getting into some of those deeper questions. So in verse eight, she says. Here comes my here. Here he comes, leaping over the mountains. He is like a swift gazelle or a young stag. He is behind a wall, looking through the window. So he, he's looking through the window. He's either a peeping tom or he's being he's he's in love and he's being playful. And let's go with that. He's in love and being playful. In this season of definition, you may uh, you may be able to say, you know what? Let's spend some time together. Let's. We're in a season of of perfection. Definition is uh, you know, defining this. It's a time of perfecting this. We're leaping and bounding, and everything's amazing. And during this season, you think you're so in love because there's all this leaping and bounding, and and, and you just like, man, we are so in love. And you're not. You're in an infatuation, and love is much deeper than infatuation. As you are defining what this is, you tend to be like, oh, this is love. But you haven't defined it completely yet. When you're in this season, enjoy it. But recognize this is just a season. And during this season of infatuation, it's wise to have some limits. I would say three things it's wise to have limits on in this season is your time, your talk, and your touch your time don't abandon your life to this person that's what i mean when i say limit your time don't spend every waking minute with them or thinking about them um y yeah, yes if they're important to you, and they—they're they're growing in importance. You're defining what this is, and you do spend time with. Introduce them to your friends and family. Include them in your life, but you don't make them your life. Okay? So you want to limit that. You also need to limit your talk. So in this season, when your heart is going pitter patter, you feel all tingly and giddy, and your palms are sweaty, and you say, oh, "I love you," and you've known them thirty minutes. So don't speak prematurely. Give God time to give some definition to this relationship and to develop a foundation first. So you limit your time, your talk, and you limit your touch. And real talk, it's natural. So when your heart moves towards someone, your hands want to follow. Okay, that's natural. Your heart moves towards someone your hands want to follow. What I'm saying is, don't do it. Limit your touch. There's a time for that, and it's good. But that season is not at this time. See, we get in trouble when our hands are motivated by infatuation. There you go. There's a, there's a quote for you. There's a, there's a tweet for you. <laughs> we get in trouble when our hands are motivated by infatuation. So, there is a season of development, winter. Some of you are there right now. And this is a time for your roots to grow deeper and to go stronger. And some of you are in a season of definition, and it's kind of like a springtime, and you've met someone, and you're defining what all these feelings are about. And then courtship has one more season, and it's the season of discovery a season of discovery. There was this song in the eighties that came out and I never could understand why it was a hit until I got really old enough and and had some experiences and understood the lyrics. And this, the song is called you are so beautiful to me. Maybe that's one of your favorite songs by Joe Cocker. I don't know. And it's not one of my favorite songs, but I definitely understood it better. um, As I got older and more experienced, He's, he's saying you are so beautiful to me. Can't you see you're everything I hope for you're everything I need. You are so beautiful to me. In the simple song, what he says is, "I have spent time discovering you to this point of, like, you're you're ever. I I've discovered you are what I hope for. You're what I need. You're you are so beautiful to me." And he's discovered this in this season. So why is the season of discovery so important? Well, because as you discover, what you're doing is you're gaining knowledge of this person. And, and depth and commitment and trust begins to form. See, depth of a relationship, commitment and trust in a relationship are based on knowing that person. And so in the season of discovery, you are really getting to know them. Even at a deeper level, you're discovering them and you're discovering yourself in the context of this relationship. And depth, uh, depth and commitment and trust can form here. So, verse fourteen, the guy says, "My dove is hiding behind the rocks. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely." So, last week we saw that she had some insecurities about her physical body. Now we see him saying, "Come out of hiding. Let me see who you really are." I, I, I you know, I know you're insecure about this, but let me get to know you. In the season of discovery, you need to talk about. Uh, two things. The first thing is you need to talk about your past. This is, and a lot of times we'll like we'll start this on the first date, and and, and it's a little too premature. This is in a time when okay, we want to pursue this. This is what courtship is about. Taking your time. Do I want to? You know? Do I want to? Do we want to pursue this in the context of possibly? entertaining the idea of eventually getting married. And when you get to the season of discovery, you talk about your past. What have you been through? What are some of your hurts? Another question that's likely to come up is what is your relational and sexual past? And hopefully all you'll have to say is, I've been saving myself for you. And if we get married, boy, have I got a gift for you on our honeymoon night, (laughs) right? But realistically, we know that for some of us, that's already not the case. So, So what do you do? You tell the truth, but you don't have to go into details. You say say something like this. Honestly, I've moved too quickly in the past. And and I'm not a, I'm not a virgin, but I've talked long with God. I've spent a lot of time in prayer with God, and he's forgiven me for moving too fast, and he's made me a new person. And I can and I can't change the past, but now but now I'm saving myself for marriage. Okay? That's that's just an idea of what you could say talking about your past and also in this season of discovery we need to talk about your plans like what are your plans what are your dreams where are you headed what is your vision for your life how many kids do you want to have and where do you want to live and i'm going to tell you these things will change over time but as you're discovering your relationship and who and who you are in the context of this relationship you need to talk about these things So this couple in the song had this season of development. They had the season of definition, and then they had a season of discovery. And here's the key that they had, and that we must never forget. No matter what season you're in, in all seasons protect your purity. In all seasons protect your purity. In verse 15, all of her girlfriends sing out, her BFFs. They say, catch all the foxes before they ruin the vineyard. The foxes, catch those foxes. See, the foxes sneak into the vineyard at night, and they eat the buds on the, on the vines so that no grapes could, could, could even form because the buds have been eaten. So the fox ruins the harvest. Last week we, we said what? That, that the vineyard represents the physical body. The foxes are those sexually tempting things that could destroy the harvest of God's blessings in your relationship. Now, Scripture is clear that our bodies are not meant for sexual immorality. It's not It's not the Creator's plan. The Creator has a plan, making love, and we're going to discover next week, it's not bad. Actually, it's meant to be fun. It's also meant to be holy. Holy meaning in, in the context that the creator created it for sexual intimacy was created by god to be reserved for the covenant of marriage and the main reason we get so messed up with with sexual intimacy is that we aren't following god's plan but our own so here's some practical application and this practical application i will admit this is specifically for you guys who aren't married yet first of all tell others your limits tell them tell your limits when you get into this season of discovery when you get into this 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 relationship and you're courting tell them hey you can't touch this <laughs> and if you know what if they say well then then we're then we're through or I don't want to see you anymore this is not the person you want to spend time with this is not the person you want to entertain uh potentially becoming married to if they can't respect your limits physically okay um, another application is this, very practical. Keep four on the floor. Now, what I mean is keep four feet on the floor. By now, you're probably someone who realizes that hopping on the bed to watch a movie, to, 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 to lay up on the couch with your legs wrapped around each other to Netflix and chill is not the best way to protect your purity. It's not the best way to have a godly relationship. So keep four on the floor. And then the third one takes that even a step further. Here's a practical application. If you want to protect your purity in your relationship, in in what you do, keep everything buttoned and zipped. Keep everything buttoned and zipped. It's amazing how much easier it is to remain pure with everything buttoned and zipped. <laughs> So this is for Christians, by the way. This this message is, is for people who say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm a Christ follower. I'm following Jesus. See, these this, this practical application, if you want to have godly relationships and it's important to you that Jesus be the subject of of your life and of your relationships, then these are some practical things that can help you in that that manner. Because speaking to Christians, Ephesians five three says, "Among you there may, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, or any kind of impurity, or of greed. Throw that in there, because there these are improper for God's holy people. Okay, we want to be God's holy people. We want our desire is what to become more like Jesus." So among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. So perhaps some of us, we've already let foxes in the vineyard. That's, that's probably true of some of us. Is, is your thought life and your physical life free of sexual immorality? Maybe you're addicted to pornography. And you know what? Jesus can set you free, whatever it is. Jesus can set you free. He wants you to be free more than you do. And he's able to. There is no sin he can't forgive, and there's no sin he won't forgive. And there's uh, and there's also no wound Jesus cannot heal. Some of us who are hearing this, who who are engaged in this, this message, we've got some hurts when it comes to this stuff. We've got some wounds, and there's no wound that Jesus cannot heal. So seek God's best. So I've already given you some, some practical application, but here's some next steps for all of us. One is... Acknowledge any foxes in your vineyard and take steps to get them out. Whether you're whether you're uh, married or you're not married yet, um, you need to do this. We need, we need to. I need to do this. We need to do this. Acknowledge. Are there any foxes in this vineyard? Sneaking in at night. Stealing the buds so that it's affecting the harvest. Take the steps you have to do to get the foxes out. <laughs> and another next step is this. Write down some relationship boundaries for yourself. It's not something you necessarily have to go broadcasting around, but you need to think through this for yourself. You may seek help, uh, uh, guidance, maybe a friend, a a, a confidant, or, or a accountability partner as you work through what these boundaries could be. And if you're in a marriage relationship, you know what? Do this together. Do this together as a husband and wife, and go. You know what? We need to do some things are understood, but maybe it's good for us to talk about this. And let's talk about what are these relationship boundaries. In other words, where will we not go? I personally, you know, have no. There is no computer, no no computer device, no phone, no no screen that I have that my wife doesn't have access to. She has access to, to all, every screen and every device I use and every history that I have. It's just a part of it. It's not because she doesn't trust me or, or there's a trust issue. It's because I do trust her and I do love her that it's there. That's just part of how we're, we're set up. That's just an example, you guys. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for um, creating us this way. And um, it's a challenge for us as we're learning and we're growing, and and relationships are hard, and courtship is a thing that seems like maybe it's old fashioned and not even something that that we do in our culture anymore. And Lord, help us to return to not just a a, a, not, a not necessarily a dated um, uh, way of doing things, but Lord, Your plan that we go through seasons, and if we take our time and 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 and, and really want your best for us, for our lives, if we want the, our best life, and if we want you know, to have the best relationships and eventually the best marriage that we could possibly have, Lord, we need to trust you, the creator of all of these things. And so, Lord, help us to do that. Help us with that. Help us with our next steps. So for those of us who've got, we've let foxes get in the vineyard. Lord, I pray that you would help us to get those foxes out and keep them out of our vineyards. And that, Lord, you would help us to set godly parameters not to restrict us, but Lord, to free us, to free us to live more like you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.